Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hi, and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. Today, we are talking with Sally King from OldSchoolMum.com, and I love Sally's website because it's Old School Ideas for Modern Mums. So, Sally, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Well, I have just been delving into your website, and I love that you talk about bringing back the ways of our grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is this something that you've always done your whole life? Have you always been kind of a traditional real foodie? Uh, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I tell the story about when I was first married. I think we were married two weeks, and my husband brought home brown bread and, and brown eggs, and I threw them at them. I'm like, eating that, I was sure there was going to be half-developed chicks in them. Like, I was like, not <laughs> happening. No. You know, I used to buy, you know, canned mushroom soup and at the budget oh, yeah. case and just everything packaged. Right. And then I became a mother. Ah, uh, is that what changed everything? Yes, my second, it was, it was fine. With, when my first one came along, you know, he was pretty easy and pretty good. And But he was, um, I, I started to think about, you know, geez, what I'm doing now could affect him later. And I started to think about it. And then when my second one came along, he came out allergic to life. He was allergic to everything. Oh, goodness. And he just rocked my world. And then he developed anaphylaxis to peanuts, and he had, like, oh, no. life-altering asthma and eczema, and it just rocked our world, and it changed everything. Yeah. Oh, that's really scary. Yeah. It was, it was Cause that's, brutal. I mean, that's life or death. Like, you have to learn right then on the fly yeah. and make big changes. And it was massive changes. Like, I mean, it was, like, every label. And then I realized, you know, I started reading labels. And I'm like, my God, like, okay, what is all there's this? no penis in this. But if I can't pronounce it, what the hell is this? And why do I need yeah. And so I started to research. And then, of course, I went to that whole stage of, oh, my God, we're all dying. And I'd be, like, having these anxiety attacks. And of course, my husband's, yeah. like, super level. I am not. And he's like, honey, honey. You've got to like just when you know better, you do better, and you got to start from here because you know what? You can't cry over what you've done because you can't change anything. So just oh yeah, but it's hard, right? You feel guilty, and you're like, why didn't we know? Exactly. And then you feel betrayed. How can they get away with this? Exactly, and you're and you're mad, and yeah. And, I mean, kids, kids just like my oldest when he was 11 weeks old started having ground mal seizures in my arms, mm. and so you know he just he started this whole thing and then the second one came along and it was like okay there was like instant ramifications of things he ate or consumed or things that I ate or consumed while breastfeeding him you know like it was it was so it it changed our world and then and so luckily we were completely down this path Mm -hmm. when like like we're committed man like we're the freaks on the street you know (laughs) (laughs) you've joined the group oh yeah I'm 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 uh, I'm, I drank the Kool-Aid all the way (laughs) Right. The organic. Oh, yeah. Organic and dye free. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Which was really good because then our then our our little gift from God came along through this through adoption. Your little daughter. Fostering through adoption. The boys are 14 and 17 and she is four. And we met her when she was nine months old. And uh, talk about rocking your world. (laughs) in, in, In every way, shape or form. She rocked our world, you know. Wow. Physically, mentally, emotionally, everything. She was, she was, 
she had a purpose to come here and change change our world, that's for sure. Amazing. And so she had some health challenges, didn't she? Yeah, she had, she had and has some health challenges, yet. Yeah, she was uh-huh. mainly exposed to crystal meth and heroin. Oh, my gracious. Yes. And um, so her foster, we didn't get her until she was 10 months old, but her foster nana said that for the first four months of her life, she just, her eyes would just run and be goopy and gross and oh. loop shut. And she took her to the doctor thinking she had an eye infection. And it was indeed the, actually the crystal meth coming out of her tear ducts. Oh my goodness, that is insane. I've never heard of that. I know, it was just, it was shocking to me. I tell you, I have learned more about drugs and drug paraphernalia and drug words than I ever thought I ever needed to know. But oh, sure. what's really interesting about this is that crystal meth and heroin are two drugs that don't cross the placental blood barrier, oh. like an alcohol does. So they don't leave lasting effects, but they leave enough effects that we've had to do a lot of healing. The other thing that we have dealt with with her is that her mother tested positive for MRSA at her birth. And really? She, yes. And she gave it to her birth mother. And then, of course, social services and their infinite wisdom and continue to allow her to visit her. And so that was a problem. Um, so was she, like, getting MRSA again and again? Oh, yeah. She had boils the size of toonies. So you're American. Do you know what a toonie is? Yeah, I do, actually. Okay, wait, she's getting up here. So she was getting boils all over her body the size of two knees, and I was constantly... I was constantly going in. Of course, I'm, she's not legally my child at this point. I'm still under the, the guard of social services. And, um, of course, they want me to do mainstream everything, right? And I did lots of stuff that I didn't, you know, um, tell them. And right. what happened was after eight rounds of antibiotics, and we were at the, we were at the, we were at the, um, the Stollery Children's Hospital in Edmonton here, and they handed me a prescription for another round of antibiotics after she'd already been on eight rounds and they they put four repeats on it. I lost my mind. No. And I went, okay, I'm sorry, social services, you're what you don't know won't hurt you and we went on a campaign to heal her. Because we were gonna blow her gut floor out. Right. And it was being blown out. And so we've dealt with terrible, because of that, we've dealt with terrible constipation issues. And, mm. you know, to the point where she doesn't go for two weeks. And Oh, my God. Right? And then you're giving enemas. And, I mean, it just was this nightmare. And then she was traumatized by all of that. And I'm sure the neighbors right. thought we were killing her, you know. Um, right. And so it's just been, so we've been really, really strict with her diet with what we're giving her and doing tons and tons of fermented food which has been mm-hmm. unbelievable in helping her like you can tell if we've been laughing. you can tell the difference yeah like over the move this summer you know we had that week where you know we had no stove and so I wasn't oh cooking <laughs> and we were not eating right and oh my land like things just changed drastically for her and and wow. we had social services insisted that I take her to a pediatrician I took her to a pediatrician and they 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 um just before Christmas last year, and we went there, and she prescribed Restorlax for the constipation, which I was, I said to my husband, I will lose my mind if she tells me to use a, a stool softener, but you know, she kind of, she kind of freaked me out, she kind of um, was pushing things, and I was scared that, you know, she might report that we weren't treating her, you know, right. you don't know, right. right, when they're not, you don't know, and so what happened, and of course, you're treating her, it's just, you're making a different choice than the, exactly. than the prescription. It's, sure. Exactly. Well, you know what was interesting was within two weeks, and I didn't attribute it to the Storolax at first. Um, um, I within two weeks I uh, noticed that her behavior changed. Like 
drastically. Like she was turning into the worst kid ever. And she's such a little peach and she's so easy and she's so much fun and she's so happy. And she was just like crazy, hyper, miserable, screaming child. And I'm like, yeah. And I started to panic. And interestingly enough, good old Facebook, Boxing Day, (laughs) day after Christmas, I'm sitting there on Facebook and Homemade Mommy posted an article about Restorelux. Wow. And one, and then I started delving into it, pulled the bottle up. Even on the bottle, it says, do not give to pregnant women or children and not recommend it for more than seven days. And that doctor had prescribed it for six months. Oh, my gracious. You know, and I wonder, Restorelax, I think it's similar or it might even be the same thing as Miralax. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Here it's Restorelax, yeah. but it's exactly the same. Just different. Yes. Yeah, and that's always overprescribed. Oh, yeah. It's scary. Oh, yeah, and that's, what they, that's, that, that's their go-to. And I was just sick about it. Of course, you know, I'm hysterical and, you know, oh, my God, we poisoned her. And I took her, my husband just walked to the cupboard and threw it in the garbage and goes, we'll find something else. My husband's so awesome. He's so He's cool. so even killed, isn't he? Oh, he's made, which is a good thing because it'd be crazy if it was the two of us were like me. Um, I'm, the, I'm the driving force. And he's the level that keeps us on the course. You know, there you go. Once I That's the nice. Course, you know, so he, it's good to have the balance. Totally, totally. And so he went and, and threw it out. And, and we did read the label and freak out. And then I thought, oh, my God, what have we done? Well, literally within two days, she was back to the girl we knew after like, off of it. Of course, then now again, she's, she's, she's um, constipated again. So it was like, so then we really ramped up. Um, we really ramped up diet. We really ramped up fermented foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and can I say, and that makes all the difference, so right? It would just, it, it, you can just tell, you can just tell, like she's even, her behavior changes when, when, um, she hasn't had it, you know, like you just, wow. it, it's amazing how fast they, they can change and you can just, yes. see it. and especially children. I mean, really react quickly to different things yeah. in good and bad ways. Exactly. And we got yeah. into we got into essential oils because of the we I went to a botanist because of all these these um, oils that she had from the mm-hmm. RSA, and they were some were not heading up and we were heading to the hospital three times a week to get them lanced and and oh uh, bless her heart oh my land I I would be almost she has been through it oh this poor little girl has had more trauma in her little world she's had so much trauma that it's you know we definitely treat her differently and I did a lot of reading and it said you know that's what you have to do. When you have a foster kid or you have an adopted kid, they're not the same and throw out what you've learned with your bio kids. You will hold them more. You will cuddle them more. You will play with them more. You will pack them more. And we absolutely have. And I have no, you know, and I, so I do, you know, I do give her a pass for a lot of things. And it's, it's, it's somewhat hard. Like, you know, she doesn't like strangers. She had to go for visits with her birth mother for the first two years of her life. So every Tuesday morning, a complete stranger would come to our door, rip her out of my arms, drive her across the city to the Boyle Street Mission, which is one rough place, and she visited two heroin addicts. Well, imagine how traumatic that was. I can't even. I can't even. I mean, for an adult, that's insane. Oh. But for a tiny little one, I mean, and you know what? Wow. These poor little chickens. You know, like they. I would close the door and be sobbing because I'd go to jail. Right? They take right. it from me if I didn't let her go. Oh yeah. And so yeah, she, she would, to go. And so she would. She. I would close the door and 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 sit and cry for 15 minutes, and then. The driver would always tell me, oh, don't worry. They always had some sort of accident. Don't worry. She stopped crying after 10 minutes. Yeah. I know she did because that's what they do. They, they shut, down. shut down. And I watched it. She would, um, 
And her birth mother would never want us to come to the visits because she would only want me. And she would scream and yell until yeah. I got her. And what was interesting about that was her mother said, she did so good when I visited her without you. She just sits. It's like, yeah, because she's emotionally shut down. I didn't tell it to her birth mother, right? Right. But that's these poor. She's totally checked out. And then totally she would come home and she'd be mad at me. So she wouldn't come to me. She'd turn her head away like, right. and be mad, right? And right. so we had this whole setup when my oldest boy would take her at the door and take her into our our living formal living room and rock her and just hold her because she wouldn't go to me and then I'd give it about 15 20 minutes and then I'd walk by and then she'd want me and then I'd, I'd baby wear her the rest of the day because she was so she started to cry and she wanted me like so you know these are things that 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 have affected her long term right like she, right. she didn't like people that make disconnect her doorbell because every time our doorbell rang she would lose her mind Oh, no, because she thought they were coming to take her. Exactly, exactly. Oh, my gosh. We had to, you know, so so many things, right? And, you know, so we just, it's, it's, these kids are, these kids are, you know, foster kids are such a, people say, oh, they're, oh, I don't want the problem. And, you know, I've got a blog on my, on my, my, on my blog about, I, Uh I went on a rant about people who always, always have to tell you about the worst case scenario that they heard, you know, their sisters, aunts, brothers, uncles, no, they adopted right. child from social services and it was the worst thing they ever did. And, oh my God, it wrecked their family, it wrecked their marriage. Oh, it was the worst, you know, and I would get this all the time. I'm sure. And one day I was actually meeting with this woman who was, someone wanted me to meet her and she was a life coach and she did it. And it was just straw that broke the camel's back, which brought on the blog of all blogs. It actually crashed <laughs> my site. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Wow. Okay, I'm gonna link to that in the show notes. It's called I'm Yes, There Is a Problem, that. and it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Aptly named. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, um, Matt and I, we had decided to be foster parents when we were back in Texas, and we went through all the training, and we did everything, and we got all ready. And then, right when we were ready to accept a placement, that's when we moved. Oh. And so we never got to accept a placement, but we. Um, of course, we're, you know, in in that world for a while yeah. with the training and all of that. And then um, we have really, really good friends that they um, fostered to adopt. And they have three girls and all were touched with um, with drugs and everything, you know, abandonment, all kinds of issues. And um, it's really amazing how they have overcome those challenges. I mean. Of course, the story, it's not as dramatic as yours with all the drug interventions and all of that yeah. because luckily they didn't have to go down those paths, but the, the girls did have some seizures and they had some behavioral stuff and they had, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's amazing, you know, once they're in a loving, supportive environment, they're given good food, they're given, you know, what they need. That's right. Um, how they really can change and blossom. And I mean, these girls are just, they're the best blessings, you know, I mean, they just are. And, um, it's perfect for their family. Perfect. Well, do you know something else that's really interesting is that Serenity had a severe speech delay. Like at two years old, she had like one word and you couldn't, mm-hmm. and of course everyone freaks out. Oh, social services. Everybody was like, Oh, she's got a speech delay. She's got, and you got to put her in the puff program, which is a program. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? Uh, like early intervention. Yes. And I yeah. don't, this child's already been ripped out of my arms too much. This child's already traumatized. I'm not freaking doing that. So I had to really, so I started researching and I actually found a doctor and believe it or not, there's two in North America and one happens to be in Edmonton, if you can flip and believe. Oh, wow. And they do something called neurological rehabilitation and FASD and all of these neurological autism, um, uh, ADD, OCD, um, Mm -hmm. all those things 
can be fixed. Contrary wow. to what everyone will tell you, they can be fixed fairly easily. I mean, I shouldn't say easily, but they can, it can be done. And he, he did something called neurological rehabilitation, and it was all brain work. And basically he said that when there's drugs and alcohol present in utero, uh, it, the, the neuron pathways that connect the left and the right side of the brain together is what gets damaged. And you oh, can okay. rebuild those pathways. Just like a stroke victim can rebuild new right. pathways, they can rebuild new pathways, but they have to do these series of exercises. Like we had a, an eight-week, um, well, I shouldn't say eight-week. It was over the course of three months because he came to our house every two weeks, wow. and he did all these exercises with her, and he would do these tests to test her brain and where it was at. And then we, we basically had to go and redo some, some developmental stuff. And with, wow. with exercises, and you had to do them five times a day, every day for two weeks, then you come back uh-huh. and give you more. And it completely changed her. Like, suddenly she pretty much immediate. Oh, my gosh. Within the this? first two weeks, we noticed the difference. And wow. he was trained by a doctor from Australia, um, um, Dr. Robert Melillo, who's written a book called Disconnected Kids. Okay. And I... I I would encourage any foster parent, any parent with a kid with autism, Asperger's, anything like this, all of this can be healed with this treatment. And it's called, the book's called Disconnected Kids by Dr. Robert Melillo. Wow. And That's so, an important tool. That's really an important tool. I mean, in addition to dietary and lifestyle change, I mean, all of that, like, this is a huge tool. Well, I actually haven't heard of that. Well, I just started book. researching because, you see, I'm kind of that, you know, I got red hair for a reason, sister. And... <laughs> And if you tell me I can't do that, oh, you're gonna do Lord it. have mercy on you. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening, and it's happening with bells on. Right. <laughs> so, I love it. So I, I found this guy, and and you know what's really, really sick and twisted about this is that mm. social services knew about him, and his treatment was 2800 bucks. and when they knew that I found out about him and I asked for them to pay for it, they didn't even blink because they know he works. Wow, yeah, they that's amazing. They never pay for anything. I know, and they didn't oh. even blink. They went, yeah, wow. we know him. He does great work. You wow, work. that's incredible. And, and you know, I, I kind been, of thought they were going to fight you on that because, you know, for most parents, especially, you know, I mean, with any child, it's very hard for a parent to advocate, you know, in the medical community, yeah. but... When you're talking about fostering and adopting and advocating in that community, yeah. that's a whole other ball of wax. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I was, I, I, I bucked the system. I, I, I bucked the system. I pushed really hard. Serenity is now legally ours. You know, as a parent, you have to do what you think is right. Whatever that decision is, you have to do what you think is right. And I know that, you know, it's so complicated when maybe that's not legally your child yet, right. but it. It will be. But it was, I and I can't imagine how difficult it is to navigate all the ins and outs when you have done the research and you feel like you're making the very best choice for the child. Very difficult. Uh, it was. It was. It was. You know, I've um, I've had. I lost both my parents, and uh, my I watched my mother die of breast cancer, and I, I uh, searched a beach looking for my father's dead body and found found it. And oh, that my was, I know, and and at a young age. And that wasn't as bad as navigating social services. And the thing that I learned was to be empowered. And that was the biggest thing that I learned. It was one of my biggest lessons in all of this was that when you lose your power, you lose everything. And right. I, once, I, once I realized that social workers don't have me by the neck and that they aren't God and they can't treat me like they own me, and once mm-hmm. I pushed back 
things changed. Things changed. Things changed. I, I finally decided that I could no longer work with a particular social worker that was just, I believe she was just evil. Um, she did not, mm. even for a second. And I just absolutely said, you know, I can't even deal with your office anymore. We're out. And we went to a different office. And, you know, we, but we had to raise a big stink about it, right? And lodge wow. complaints and, oh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. And, th- you know, this is the thing that I would say to people, and I talk to other people who are considering doing this, that it's not an easy, easy navigation. Mm-hmm. But what I will tell you is don't let anyone take your power. Don't let anyone say to you, you can't do this, or that they or treat you like they own you, or that they, they, you're, you're, they're your dad and that you have to listen to them. Because, right. you know what, nobody loves serenity more than I do. Nobody, right. had, nobody had her best interest more than I, Murray, Murray and I did. And I fought hard, and I lied when I had to lie. I absolutely did. I felt this child had been prenatally exposed to crystal meth and heroin. She had MRSA. She was she had gut flora blown out. She had all these problems, and I'm going to throw vaccines on top of that. Let's, mm-hmm. that that's going to that's gonna end well, isn't it? You know, I just knew in my heart I couldn't do it. Right. And I knew that... Too much toxic load all at once. Way I mean, too much. Oh my gracious, with a compromised gut and being actively sick. Yes. And then they're phoning me going, she's not been vaccinated yet. And I say, oh, she's got a cold or, oh yeah, I'll get on that. And I just kept putting them off and putting them off and putting them off. And oh. Well, she had MRSA. She had so. MRSA for the love of God. Never still after me, if you can believe. Like, it was crazy, wow. right? So That's really scary. I'm just, it's very irresponsible on their behalf to to try to do that when someone's actively sick. Well, you know, and the, the really sad part about it is, is that, you know, the thing that really kills me about the Vegas is that this is not a, this is never about the kids. They just have their cookie cutter. This is how we do it. And this is what we're doing. And it's you know what? Individual. You and I are about the same as nothing and nobody's the same. And so how do you expect to use the same, you know, system for every child and not look at right. the individual circumstances and go, okay, yeah, this isn't, I agree. This is, you know, look at it, but they weren't looking at that. That was just like, well, she's this old. She should be having this vaccine. She should be having this and she should be doing this. And, and but it's just a paper. It's just a number. That's all. It was. That's it. Right. That's all. It yeah. Was. It's not an active and, dynamic person. Exactly. And so I finally, when I got the new social worker, I was a, it was a male and I said to him, look, here's the deal. I said, we, we, it all had blown up because she threatened to take Serenity because I wasn't um, doing enough classes on Aboriginal issues when I'm in the middle of MRSA, thank you very much. And oh. I just said, I can't take classes right now. I'm in over my head, right? And, and she was a total bag about it. She was power tripping. And so when I got the new social worker, I said, look, I listen, I said, I, no one will fight harder for this child. No one loves her more than I do. No one will, no one will advocate for her more than I will. But I said, you and I are going to get along just fine. If you ever threaten to take her out of this home, you will see a special brand of crazy that you will never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed. He said, he laughed and he said, he looked around my house and he goes, why would I try and take this child out of this home? I said, why indeed? That's why you're here because someone tried to. Oh. So, you know, we had a really good understanding. And I said, you just good. trust me on this? I got this. Yeah, right. I'm I'm on top of it. I'm researching. I'm living it every yeah. day. I'm paying attention to her. I'm actively working. And, you know, that needs to be all that they need. That's right. They need to know this child is being cared for, loved, and advocated for. And you know what's really interesting? When the, when the MRSA was finally diagnosed and I found out that it lived on a hard surface for three months and that we were just going to keep reinfecting her and this was half the problem, um, do you know this, I had this, ama- this social worker was so amazing and he said to me, he says, okay, well, you don't need respite. You need help. And I go, yeah, 
And you know what they did? They hired a clean lady to come to my house every day and disinfect my house. Really? That was help. Wow. That was help. You know? That is help. You know, right. It wasn't like, well, what can we do to help you? That's not red tape. That's not regulation. That's help. Like it, and it was 11.15. I'll never forget this. It was 11.15 in the morning. And I had been trying to get help before this. And my other office was so terrible. It was 11.15 in the morning. And it, by noon, he said, I got to talk to my boss about it just to okay this. But I think this is what you need. And so by noon, he called. He said, yeah, talk to my boss. She's out of a meeting. And she completely agrees. So you hire the cleaning lady. Send us the bill. We're good. Wow. And it never, they never, amazing. you know, it was amazing. It was like, thank you, God. Like, finally, like, I'm getting yeah. help. And that took a whole lot of pressure me. off because then I could focus on her. Yeah. Right? Right. You know, right. and keeping in mind, I'm still homeschooling two boys in the midst of all of this, right? Mm hmm. And they mm-hmm. too. So it was an interesting time. And, and I'm sure it was a lot to juggle. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was an interesting time. That's for sure. And of course, my husband works in, in Fort Mac two weeks of the month. So he's home for two weeks and then gone for two weeks. So, Oh, my it, gracious. Yeah, and, and he's an amazing guy. He's super supportive when he's at home, but if he's not physically here, he's no use to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You're, you're in the thick of it right That's there by right. yourself. I said, okay, look, so finally he says, look, is there anything I can do from up here? And I said, listen, here's the deal. I gave birth. You need to do science. It's just that simple. <laughs> I can't do science. So I said, I can't do science and math. I gave birth. I'm, I've done my bit. You're going to have to handle math and science. So that's what he does. They have, they do, they Skype and they go over their math and science every day. Oh, wow. That's great. You know, so that's just before I got on with you, that's what Tyson was doing, was sitting with his dad on Skype doing his math. So, oh, that's so smart. That's really a great way to do it when he's not going to be home. Right. I mean, and he's still a part of their life. He knows where they're at. He knows what's going on with right. them. And then, yeah. So, and then lots of times, like he does a lot of sitting up there waiting for something. He just basically has to be on call 24 hours for something if it breaks down. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of sitting, right? Right. So I will send him, okay, please research this for me because I don't have time. And so he would research. So, you know, so it's worked out really well, right? He's had That's nice. That's that. a good balance. I'm in, the, I'm in the trenches and he's, you know, you know, outside the trenches doing the, uh, the, the research and coming up with the information. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been interesting. That's for sure. We're a good team, at least. <laughs> That's nice. That's always so helpful. I'm just sitting here looking on your website and I'm looking at the picture and looking at your beautiful family and little serenity. And oh my gracious, is she just a peach? She does the most delicious thing you've ever seen. She is just so cute. (laughs) It is ridiculous. It's so funny because people say to me all the time, oh my God, she is so cute. And I go, I know, right? And I think that, you know, I would have never said that about my biological children because it seemed cocky and arrogant. But with her, I kind of feel like, well, I didn't actually make her cute. It wasn't my genes, so I can say it. <laughs> you could say it about your bio kids, too, because they're yours. But, yeah, um, yeah it's, she's amazing. And, you know, I mean, your whole family is just so beautiful. But to think of what this little baby has been through, yeah, to think of all that she has endured and how you guys have just surrounded her with love and advocated for her I mean it's pretty amazing it's pretty, it's, it's, it's been, you know an interesting thing happened this summer my children my two boys went on a mission trip to the mustard seed which is the street ministry and, uh-huh. and it's a homeless shelter and they they stayed there for a week and they they it's a program they do and so these boys oh, went wow. and they helped out for a week and they had several and as you can probably tell my daughter is part native mm-hmm. and they had several native homeless women come and talk to them and my, my oldest boy phoned me one night, and he was just he was in tears, and he said, Mom, I'm not supposed to call, but they said I could because of why. He said, this would have been serenity. Oh, wow. And they got it. We, we, wow. This is what we've taken her from. Wow. 
Wow. And he was just sobbing. He just said, Mom, that's what I've been stranded. I just want to come home and hug her. Oh, you know, like it, was, it was a cool thing. It was cool for them to experience that and to realize, yeah. you know, to, to make the connection that, wow, had we not intervened, this, she would have Yeah, who knows, right? Yeah, she would have, well, she oh. would have repeated the cycle because, you know, for right. her, Serenity's grandmother, who is her, you know, her mother, her grandmother died at 42 of a drug overdose, an eighth. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and Serenity's oh. birth mother is 30. The day that we moved into our house, Amy, we got a mm-hmm. phone call from social services to say that her birth mother's had another baby and she only wants us to take it. Oh, wow. August Are 5th you going of this to? year. So, you know, we had to really ponder it and I, we had to say no. You know, oh, yeah. she's 30 years old. She's got potentially 10, 15 more kids in her. We can't. Oh, no. My husband said to me, darling, he said, we're 50 years old. We can't save them all. You know, my friends that I was mentioning, it was a similar situation where I think there were, I mean, all three girls are from, you know, the same mom, different dads, the same mom. And then um, there have been, I've actually lost count of how many babies since. And I'm thinking there was twins even at one point. I mean, it was like. I can't, I mean, there's at least four. Yeah. It's unreal. It seems like every time I talk to them, they're like, well, she's pregnant again. Yeah. And um, it's just unreal. It's really unbelievable. It's, and it's ready for mm. six. Can I, can I add that? Oh, my gosh. Right? Wow. So- it's hard to believe. It's really hard to believe. In, and And I just, I'm so glad that she ended up with you. I mean, what a blessing for you guys. What a blessing for her. I know. It's, what a beautiful meant to be story. It's, it's, you know, it's great. I don't think that anybody else could have handled her issues the same way because most people just go along. Most of the foster parents that I've met just go along with what they're told to do. Yeah. And she needed someone to step up and go, mm, no. Right. Right. You know, and honestly, that was, that was a lot of our fear when we were going through the training and whatever is like, how can we best serve these children? And at that time we were starting to, you know, change our lifestyle, starting to change our diet. Um, and it was like, how do we do that for these children? Yeah. You know, and, and certainly within the system as well. And it can be done. Um, yeah. It can be done. It just takes someone who's not, you know, um, a follower. Right. You know, I've never been a follower. My mother taught me. To, I'm adopted also. I was in foster care. Uh-huh. And uh, my mother always told me that, you know, rules are made to be broken. And, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, when you know something's right, it doesn't matter who thinks it's wrong. Right. You know? That's a pretty good lesson. It, it is. And she, you know, she died when I was 18, but she she taught me a lot, you know, and, and that was, that was the thing is I, I, you know, I always felt like I was part of something and, you know, that's always our challenge with serenity is because, you know, I'm fair skinned, redheaded and, you know, and curly hair and she is native and Filipino and, and supposedly half white. So she's very dark and she's got a lot, you've seen the pictures of her. She's, mm-hmm. you know, gorgeous dark hair. Yeah. It's, it's stunning. <laughs> and but it's down to her waist now. Um, but she, <laughs> except for the side where she cut with, with, uh, Scrapbooking scissors just before Christmas. Oh my land! Oh, of course. Oh, right before Christmas. Oh yeah, yes. great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she, so she, you know, it, the, the challenge always is, is that she has to embrace who she is. She has to love the fact that she's native and Filipino, and that she's not, and that you know, right now she doesn't think she looks any different to us, but she'll get it eventually. Mm-hmm. And so we need to, you know, we need to foster that that she knows that it doesn't matter that you know, 
and that she is part of something. And that, that's always the challenge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And to be there and support that and, and navigate that with her. And I blogged about people saying, why would you blog about her story? She's going to read that one day. And I said, yeah, I have blogged about her and her stories because, because here's the deal. She is going to read it one day and I want her to know how much I loved her. And exactly. I want her to know how hard I fought for her. I want right. her to know that she's worth it. And, she, and that's her story. That is her yeah, story. That makes is, that's she, true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's no need. I mean, it's, it's tragic. You know, it's a tragic story. It's a hard story. But look how much resilience and how much um, love has arisen out of that story as well. I mean, yeah. and it's truth. That is her story. And so it has to be talked about. It has to be embraced because it is who she is. And there's no need to cover it up. Well, and I find that it's it's a funny thing. People are odd about it, you know. Um, are you there? Yeah, okay. I'm here. Oh, they just clicked off. It clicked for a minute. I heard the click. Yeah, it's like oh dear. Um, the the funny thing is, is that is that you know I was I'm adopted and so was my brother. And mm-hmm. people would say things like, you know, well, how many kids did Gene and Alan Dick have? Well, you know, they have those two adopted kids. They kind of whisper it like it was something like a little secret like it was a dirty little secret and i you know i made it very clear to my friends if someone asked you how many kids we have we have three two boys and a girl yeah. right that's the end of it i don't want anyone i don't want to hear anyone saying well they have two of their own and then they have that little you know that little native girl they adopted like i don't want that to be said like that's oh. not lingo you need to use with reference and i again blogged about that uh, um uh you know that's helpful yeah i, I blogged about the adoption's not second best Right. No, it isn't. It's just it's just part of the story. And, you know, I really um, I think that that talking about is so important. And I think, you know, those blogs that you're writing about are so important because, you know, a lot of times I think people just don't know exactly what to say. It's not that they're trying to be odd or cruel or anything. They just truly don't know how to address it and approach it. Right. And I think. Yeah, I think that. You know, I, and I'm very quick, and I try and do it in a gentle way, but to correct people. Like, I, lots of people say to me, how many of your own do you have? And I'll say, do you know what? Um, we're three. <laughs> and that's what I say. I said, I, I, need, to, I need to clarify something. Um, I, I have three of my own. Um, words matter, and, and trust me, she gets it. Right. And um, I said, I have two adopted, two, na- two bio and, and one adopted, if, if you need to have a label on it. Like, but I do not right. want it to be, they're, they're all my own. And, you know, and my other thing was people would say to me, oh, she's a lucky girl. Oh, she's lucky. And they think they're being kind. But yeah. what they're actually saying is, and I blogged about this, I, 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 um, what they're actually saying, she's going to, and I heard it myself as a kid, that Marie and I are getting our ticket into heaven by taking that kid on. Oh, man, because, right. oh, she's lucky to get in your home because, boy, was she a pe- You know what I mean? Like, it's making her right. feel like she's this big charity case that we graciously and, you know, humanitarily took on. And that's a right. word. You know what I mean? Like, we're so we're so amazing. No, no, I there's nothing to do about this other than I wanted a girl. It's not about getting my ticket into heaven or anything else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, and I mean, it, it, it's a two-way street. I mean, you've added to your family. Yeah. It's a blessing for you. It's a blessing for her. Like, it's just it's a win-win. beautiful, beautiful situation. It is. It is. Yeah. And I wish more and families are so different. Families are so different. You know, um, it, it doesn't really matter what your family consists of or how it all came together. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. 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 And that's exactly, I wish people could just, 
stop with the labels. And I refused to, I refused to get her, they wanted me to get her diagnosed, see if she had FASD or anything else. And I'm like, yeah, no, don't do, we don't do labels in our house, so no, not interested. You can take your labels. And, and you know, we went to this, we changed her diet, we did all this stuff, and I did go to a speech pathologist, just to humor social services before, and then did all this neuro rehab and did the food changes and everything, and went back and I said, would you still put her in the POP program? And this, the, the, the speech pathologist was gone. And I said, this isn't the same kid. I, I, I can't even, wow. I, I don't know what to say. Like, this is just, this is a completely different child. Like, That's amazing. She was shocked. But I said, do you want to know what I did? She didn't. She didn't want to know. She didn't want to know. Isn't that sad? <sighs> right? Yeah. I know. <laughs> Begs it is. Cry, doesn't it? Like, it's just like, seriously, I said, you seriously don't want to know? Well, it's not something that all families can do, so there's no point. So you're going to make that judgment call ahead of time, are you? So what she's worried about is that she won't have a job because I didn't need her. Exactly. I didn't need her, right? Right. Wow. So again. Yeah, I mean, it's mind-blowing. And, you know, I know we're talking about a specific situation, but I I think this is so universal for so many parents, especially today where kids have so many health challenges. And it's like parents are up against this left and right. Yep. You know, they really are. They're advocating for their kids left and right. They're not being listened to by doctors. They go, they research on their own. They implement changes based on their specific yes. child needs, yes. which is so important. Like we were talking about not just being a label or a number. Yeah. And then the doctors are like, great, I'm glad it worked for you. Shut out. Exactly. Like, what is that yeah. about? I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a threat. Well, it's, it's, it's a threat. It's, it's a threat to everything they've ever been taught. And, and I think, I, what are they scared? They're going to run out of business? Like, no, no, don't worry about that. Like, if, if, you, if you're really in this to do no harm and to help others, then why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you giving them all the information? I just, it makes me crazy. It really, really does. And, you know, there are some very, very good practitioners yep. out there that have listened. And those people have completely overbooked waiting lists, booming practices because parents have an ally. Yes. Nobody wants to go it alone. No. Parents don't want to spend, you know, 24 hours a day doing research and implementing things that may or may not work and spending tons of money. And, right. uh, you know, if they had an ally that could say, hey, this has worked for these other families, let's, let's do it together, that would be enormous. Wouldn't it just be amazing if we could just all not be, if we could lead by not being threatened and just lead by, yeah. like, what's the best? What's in the best interest? What, let me, well, tell me more about that, you know? Instead of, right. I don't want to know. Great, and glad it worked for you. That's super. Wow. You know? It really is about, and, and not to be too woo-woo, but it's about living in love, leading in love, yeah. and not being in fear. Right. Because being in that energy of fear, yeah. being closed off, you know, it closes off the possibilities where if you're in love and in allowing and in acceptance, it's like, wow, look at all the possibilities. And that's the thing, you know, and it's, it's like, and here's the thing, and it's also the ability to go, like, my entire family thinks I'm batshit crazy. Like, they just do. I think that goes for a lot of people listening. Right? And I'm okay with that. I've embraced batshit crazy. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't care. Like, you know, you go ahead and think whatever you need to think. I don't care, you know. This is what works for me. This is what works yeah. for my family. We're all thriving and doing well. Yeah. And I don't, I don't care that people think I'm crazy and roll. But I get, I get my, get my eyes. People are rolling their eyes at me all the time. I'm like whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> so like whatever, do what you got to do. I just don't care anymore. I just, I just know that 
I just know that I'm that I'm right. And and when I'm not right, I can admit it. You know, like yeah, yeah. okay, that didn't work, but I'll try something else. Right. And I think that's the thing is always being open and always looking and and striving to grow. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing because you're not closed off. You're saying, I'm going to give this a go. If it doesn't work, I'm going to try something else. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how interesting to see where you've ended up from where you were before. I mean, isn't that always the way to look back and go, how did we even get here? Get here. (laughs) Like, did you think you would have a, a real food blog? Did you think that you would, you wrote a book, right? Lunchbox love. Yeah. Yeah. All about, um, the Canadian bestseller in two weeks. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh! And all because of an answer to your son's allergy, yeah. correct? Yeah. All and, yeah. and, and you know, and I, and I, I said to my husband one day, I said, "Did you think we'd be adopting a little, you know, a little native girl with all kinds of issues?" And he just said, "Yeah." He says, "It's funny." He says, it, 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 "When we, when we, the day we walked down the aisle, we just had our anniversary in August." And he says, "The day we walked down the aisle, I couldn't, I couldn't have even in my wildest dreams written this one." <laughs> wow. You know, wow. But what a beautiful family you've created and what an amazing, you know, all these amazing experiences you guys have had and lessons that you've learned. And, and you know, again, by sharing your story live yes. that you're touching. Yeah. Because we never know, like, you know, where are your words that you're saying today? Where are those going to land? The people that read your blog, where is that going to land? Who is that going to help? Well, you see, the thing is, is that we need other people to know we're not alone. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I thought... We, when it was when Tyson was so sick, and I thought, oh my God, I'm all alone. And you know, there really wasn't a lot of inter- internet was just getting right. old. Internet was just getting started. Like he's still be 15 in November, and so when he was really mm-hmm. sick, I wasn't, you know, searching a whole different world. A whole different world, right? And I want to take what I learned, and I want people to not have to go through the the, the painstaking stuff that I did to get what we right. got. You know, there's and to not know that, and to know that you're not alone. To know, right. you know, and I mean, right now with Serenity, I'm kind of alone because no other foster parent does what I do. No other mm-hmm. adopted parent wants to do what I do. They're just doing what social services tell them to do. And so, um, I, I, and they've all decided that they're, they're they've all got every label known to man. There's more flipping letters behind some of these kids' names than most doctors with PhDs. Like it's ridiculous. yeah. Oh, it's crazy. And, and, and again, so, that's a that's a label. That's a number. It's not necessarily that child here's here's the thing about labels this is what i always say and i think it's it's worth to live by was told to me by the neuro guy and he said look and he said he said if you if you have a bio three-year-old and they throw a wreck in a grocery store everyone goes three-year-old right i've been there honey but if you've got a native foster kid and you're white and they throw a wreck well that's that FAS, that's probably an FASD kid. That's that, oh, that's that FASD kid that, you know, right away right. they become that label. Where right. she should just be a normal kid. Whether it's normal back, behavior. Right? It's where it could just be, he says, he says, do you ever have a bad day, Sally, and respond in a bad way to something? Yeah. Well, so do kids. Uh, yeah. And so do kids. And, and so, you know what? It's, it's, if you give them a label, they they instantly become that label, and they don't become they don't don't aren't having a bad day. They're they're not given a pass like everybody else is. Right. Yeah, that's so true. And that is so true. So I refused to label her. I refused, and I they fought me on it, and I just said I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And and I just kept putting it off, putting it off the the whole testing, and then now she's legally ours, and I, you don't have to. And I don't have to. I don't have to do anything. I can do whatever I want now, right? And so I absolutely right. will not label her, and she will be like any other four-year-old kid. I mean, our neighbor the other day, 
her four-year-old son bit somebody. Now, mm-hmm. and we all went, you know, I mean, she was right. totally mortified and felt terrible about it and handled it in a, in a great way. But if that had been Serenity, I wonder, they yeah. wouldn't have thought that. But I wonder how many people would have thought, well, there's that, you know, that native right. kid, right? But, I mean, four-year-olds bite. That's just what they do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Until they're right. to. Right, exactly. These are, these are things that kids do. And we, we give them a label, and, and, and instantly they become the label. And so, yeah, I just refused. And I just, I can't, I can't do that to her. It's not fair. Well, because you're being present with her in the moment. And, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, you're not going to take her for the test and you're not going to do this, so you're not you're not advocating for her. And it's like, no, I'm advocating for her, yeah. specifically her, yeah. not her label. Exactly. And that, that right. to me, that is the biggest the biggest portion of this, right, is, yes. is it's got to be it's got to be about her. It's not yeah. what what's always been done. Right. Because we know, like you said, no two people are alike. And, I mean, you could take any anything. Yeah. You could say, all right, well, sinus infection. Is it going to affect me the same way it affects you? No. Do we have similar symptoms that it could be grouped in, and labeled a sinus infection? Yeah, we do. But is the same thing going to work for us? Is our body going to respond exactly the same way? No. So it's the biggest thing to just really go with the person and go with um, following symptoms, getting to the root cause, laying the foundation, you know, doing all the gut work that you're doing, doing the dietary and lifestyle changes, and see how she reacts and just adjust on the fly. Exactly. And that's what we've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's a good lesson for parents. It's huge. Well, and I just think that, you know, people think they can't do it. And right. it's too hard. You know? Well, and, you know, a lot of times I think so many people are way overwhelmed. I yeah. mean, it's, this is, it. you know, a lot of times these are coming down with huge diagnosis, huge problems. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Um, you're hearing from, you know, a group of doctors that it yeah. needs to be done this way. And, you know, you're, you're scared, you're overwhelmed, you want to do the best thing for your kids you know, or yourself or your spouse or yeah. whoever it is, because it's, it's not, it's very scary when it's your child, but it's very scary when it's yourself too. Yeah. Um, and it just seems like, you know, maybe you don't have the supportive community around you in your area, Yeah. you know, because some of these ideas and some of these things are a little bit outside the box. And so oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, you have to go online and find your community there yeah. in many cases. And beautifully enough, Luckily, we have the internet, and that community is there. We just have to find it. Yes. You know? Oh, it's there. It's growing. It's very strong. And, I mean, um, for just about anything. Yeah. Which is great. I know. It's awesome. And and, and, and you need that because there are days when, you know, there were some sleepless nights. There was a lot of tears over the show. I'm not going to lie. You know, it was. I'm sure. You know, when you're dragging your your two-year-old to the stallery to have boils lanced and squeezed. She's screaming like she's being tortured because she is. Right. Um, that's hard to take, and you're powerless, right? Right. Adds fostering to the mix, right? Like, so yeah, it's, it was it was uh, it, it's been quite the it's been quite the ride. But you know, some of the benefits of this have been that it has taught my boys compassion that they never that, that a normal teenager doesn't get to experience. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. putting someone else first, putting. Right. Someone, realizing that someone else's needs are more important than mine right now and that she just needs me to, you know, you know, and, and hold her and love her. And, and even though I'm watching a good show right now or in the middle of a good whatever, you know, right. she just needs me right now. And, and my boys are 
unbelievable. And it's because of her. It's because yeah. of what she's taught them. You know, compassion for others. Like, it's a beautiful thing. That's your sweet little sister. Yeah, right down to And you know what else? <laughs> my, my 17-year-old learned, he figured it out at about, I guess it would be about 14 or 15. Oh, babies are chick magnets. <laughs> and hey, look at this. I have a cute baby. I, I picked him up at Bible camp one summer, and he ripped over the back of the van. That baby was gone, and he was gone. I couldn't find him. And I look over, and there he is about 10 feet away with 10 girls around him. Oh, she's so cute. And I went, ah. Better than a puppy. Yeah, oh, way better than a puppy. Sorry about that. Way oh better God, than a puppy. So it was hilarious. So we that is to, funny. We that. Ah, girls are magnets. <laughs> Babies are magnets. <laughs> yes. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It was a funny little thing, but yeah. That's so amazing. I love it. And, you know, I mean, what a tale. What a story. What a journey. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, That's amazing. It's been quite, I always say I'm gonna, I still want to write a book. I still feel like there's a book in me about this. Oh, yeah. I think there's so much there in sharing, sharing the experience that parents can pull from that, you know, and again, I say parents, but really anybody can pull from. Yeah. And being your own advocate, but so often we have parents that are trying so hard to do everything they can to advocate for their children. Yeah. And and it's gotten so complicated because, you know, as a society, our kids are so sick these days. Uh, They're so sick. Totally. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's overwhelming. Yep. Yeah. And they don't, and they don't, they're not supported when they want to maybe look outside the box. They're not supported. And that's the hard part, right? Is that you just sort of, you're going it alone. Yeah. And it's scary. Right. And I mean, that's why we do what we do. That's why you do what you do yeah. with the blog. I mean, it's it's to get the, the word out there and say, you aren't alone. We've been there. Yeah. Here's what worked for us. Here's other options that you might explore. Anything we can do to provide support. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And well, that's just amazing. I thank you so much for being with us today because that is really inspiring. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. No worries. Um, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, just thanks so much for being with us today. It's been so wonderful and inspiring, and I think so many um, moms and dads will have some great tips to take away, and I am going to share your um, website link on the show notes. Okay. So, um, listeners, if you'll go to realfoodwholehealth.com under podcast. You'll see the show notes for this episode, and uh, it'll have links to all the things that we've talked about. And Sally, thanks so much again for being here. We really, really, really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. It's great. <laughs> great chat with you. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today, and please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.